Hey y'all, it's Jenna. Happy Tuesday. And I uh, just wanted to let you know that Danica and I are both traveling at the end of this week. So we could not record a normal recap during later in the week when we normally would. Danica and Andrew are celebrating their anniversary, which is really sweet and lovely. Happy anniversary, everybody. Uh, everybody? I just, just Danica and Andrew. <laughs> Unless it's also your anniversary, which in case... Happy anniversary to you as well. Um, and then I will be also traveling. I'm going to be flying down to LA to attend the um, Free Britney conservatorship termination rally. I'm so excited. And uh, maybe I'll meet some cool people there that might want to do a podcast episode with me in the future. And we can break down everything that happens in the court hearing and the things that happen outside. Um, and also maybe I might run into Rachel Lindsay because I know she was there recording, sorry, um, reporting on it for extra last time. So maybe I'll run into Rachel Lindsay. Fingers crossed for me, please. So due to all that scheduling conflict, I decided this is a perfect time to, uh, check something off of my bucket list and is having on the guests that we have on this week. You are going to love this episode. I have wanted to have our guest on um, for a long time, and it just gets so busy with schedules and the franchise being so messy, so I'm just so, so, so excited I got a chance to talk to her and have a recap episode. We also talk about a lot of the problematic elements of Bachelor Nation. We also, at the very end, make sure you stay at the end, we dive in hard against Nick Vial again. <laughs> If you have your bingo cards, make sure you, you check it. Um, no, but it's going to be a great episode and I hope you all love it so much. Thank you uh, again, as always, as being supportive and lovely. And we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully Danica will be back and I will be back as well. And God willing. And I hate flying. <laughs> um, anyway, now I'm just rambling. This is why I can't talk on the microphone by myself. This is why... This is why. Uh, love y'all so, so much. See you next week. Bye. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Take Her Pod. I'm Jenna. And this week, I'm so, so excited for our guest. Um, I've been wanting to have her on for a while, but just like fucking shit gets always so crazy. Mm -hmm. And the show never fucking stops, which was something we will talk about mm -hmm. for sure. Um, she is... Somebody I found on Twitter a couple years ago, but found out that she also does like great blogs and articles and think pieces on The Bachelor. Also has a great Instagram. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Ash Talks Ash. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. You are one of the first people who I feel like looked at anything I did and like notified oh. other people and just like <laughs> made it bigger than what it was so I always appreciate you oh of course um thank you um yeah I love your account I mean your tweets are great they're always funny and succinct you thank clearly you. love the show or you know well, I'm speaking for you maybe you don't love the show <laughs> but you've been like watching it for a while and you have great insight and then your blog posts are just amazing thank like, you the most recent one you came out with about the fatigue of it all, I mm -hmm. just like really liked reading because it also, it talks about bigger problems with the franchise mm -hmm. and the fandom. You mm -hmm. know, I felt like I was like seeing myself in the problems of it, but also mm -hmm. seeing the ways that like, you know, parts that I maybe do okay with or whatever, mm -hmm, you know, but mm -hmm. I was like, this is just such a good dialogue to have. <laughs> Thank you. I, 
Um, I just saw it so much on, I probably spent a little bit too much time on like Facebook groups and Reddit, but I just kept seeing people say they were tired and bored. And I was like, well, we weren't bored when it was June or we weren't bored during paradise. Mm -hmm. So what's the issue here? And I think Mm -hmm. it's because they, for some reason, don't see themselves in Michelle or haven't had to, had to relate or connect to a lead that doesn't look like them and, Mm -hmm. or identifies them and so many other people watch the show who don't see themselves in the lead but still have to find moments to enjoy it anyway so the first time they have to do that like you're tired I just you know how convenient (laughs) yeah um yeah that's really well said like to uh, yeah to think about how so many people don't relate to any of the past leads and had to still enjoy the show some way or another and then now it's flipped and it's yeah kind of sad to see And you also mentioned like, you know, people are just talking about regular Bachelor Nation drama more than they're talking about Michelle. And I want to get into all that. Okay. Before we get too deep into some of that stuff (laughs) and we recap this week's episode, um, how long have you been watching the show? Um, I started with Rachel Lindsay's Mm -hmm. season because um, my students watched the show and one of my students wanted to talk to me about it all the time. And I just was like, I don't like this show. It's not for me. And so Mm -hmm. she show me an article with um, Rachel on it. She was like, so now you have to watch. And then one of my best friends, Jessica, watches it. And it's a good way for us to connect. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I started. Yeah. And did you, I mean, it, it was a very good season. Very good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so um, you just kind of fell in after that. Yep. And then like, I, well, first, like just me and my friend, Jessica, because mm-hmm. I moved. Um, so it's a good way. Like, I know I'm going to talk to her every Monday. Mm-hmm. And so we just started texting and then I was like, I want to talk about this with more people. So mm-hmm. I just got on Twitter and only had like seven followers, but eventually people started listening. So it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. And so then when did you start kind of then writing your, your blogs about it? Um, I guess around the end of Colton season, I want to say. Yeah. And um, I really didn't know what to do because the, the Bachelor fan space is really weird in a way that like people kind of have all sorts of different accounts like some people are just memes some people are just gossip Mm -hmm. and then I just didn't really know what avenue to take with it so if you read early posts it's just kind of me rambling but eventually I think (laughs) I found my footing (laughs) because I think as somebody who kind of started you know I was just like oh let me just try to like express myself a little bit with memes mm-hmm. it just you know kind of took a life of its own and I feel like that's probably what you're saying it just yeah you tried it and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is how I'm gonna like express myself with it and then the more you get into it the more it's like there's just so many deep <sighs> concepts and like yeah <laughs> discourse to have but y'all do a good job because I think you definitely have memes that are funny and I'm laughing but then also when something happens like you're one of the first people who post about it and like have really thoughtful commentary on it so you do a good job of striking that balance. Oh, thank you. It's uh, yeah. it's hard. It, it, like you mm-hmm. said, the fans, the fandom is very interesting for <laughs> a, a soft word to use. Um, yes. And it can be polarizing. I think, yes. you know, like when I watched it for a long time, I watched, I've been watching since Jake Plavelka or whatever. Um, I think it's just changed so mm-hmm. much with the way we consume media too, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and the concept of feminism mm-hmm. discourse and 
you know, I think I, I've always seen the show in certain ways, but then when you start getting into it and you start like talking about things, I mean, like, for example, right. like when Hannah Brown had her incident, um, mm-hmm. that was when I really saw like, yeah, how deep a divide could go within a fandom. Yeah. And how like we are all watching the same show and then you'll get on Instagram or Twitter and you're like, what are y'all talking about? Like, that's not what I saw at all. And so <laughs> Hannah was an interesting bachelorette because mm-hmm. I think that she did have elements that could pull in all different people in the audience. Um, and it was really dramatic. And I did like a lot of her men. So mm-hmm. I think she had a really good season. I think I've tried to convince coworkers to watch so I could have something to talk to them about too. So Hannah's is a good season that I give mm-hmm. people because it's like entertaining and you're going to walk away with some, basically everything you need is in that season. Yeah, truly. The, she had a big bad villain mm-hmm. who was easy to hate from everybody. Yes. You know, um, and she, you know, stood up for herself. She had all yeah. these different elements to it. And then also the, the, the element of like picking the wrong man. Yes. I just. Uh, but also I get it like Tyler Cameron is too good to be true so I definitely would have questioned you know this he's clearly like it's impossible that he exists so I would have chosen Jed too probably (laughs) like if you were already that far into it right (laughs) I kind of feel like we would probably all choose Mike if we really had our gosh (laughs) I just I just feel like so I don't know how this I'm trying to word it correctly but I feel like people gravitate towards BIPOC contestants and like it's almost like tokenish a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like people did that at first with Mike. But after we genuinely got to know him for a very long time, like he's been consistent. And like, mm-hmm. I do believe that fans really, truly love Mike. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, at this point, and I guess this, I don't know if this is related or not, but at this point, like we know that there's a problem. So I'm just like a little tired of people saying, justice for this person justice for that person like we know that it's a problem so pointing it out at this point is like doing nothing like we actually need to do something about what we're saying because we know that when we have like we have like 2021 is crazy and we Mm -hmm. have made some good strides but I just you know I don't know we have but then there's Clayton so (laughs) yeah okay let's talk about it (laughs) I do love Mike he's one of my favorite and he's really nice he always interacts with people and I just think he's like genuine and I think a bachelor season with Mike would be amazing and we could still have it. He's still single. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, I think at this point it's probably, it's his, it's his to turn down. And I think he might yes. get to a point where he might turn it down. Cause it's yeah. like, he has kind of better things he could be doing with his life. Very um, much. You know, so yeah, there's that. Um, and I honestly, for a long time, I really wanted him as the lead too, but the way they treat the male leads is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of their race. Right. Um, you usually end up hating the male lead like thoroughly. Yes. Um, and so at some point I was kind of wow. like, maybe I don't want Mike to be because <laughs> of the way said- they might edit him, you know, like they yeah. would make us end up hating him. Is there a male lead that I like since I've been watching? Cause Ari was my first one. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now that you said that exactly you might like end up kind of liking them when they're on their season their previous season and then like when it happens you're like the fuck yeah (laughs) I still like Matt despite it all and I know people are very opinionated about Matt but I think that 
I still like him. The more we see on his actual Instagram, the more I, I think he's a great guy. And well, and he's I'm, probably the one I still like. And in your recent post you made as well, you talked about the flack he's getting for writing a book when all right. the other basic white Bachelor Nation people are writing books. And you know, we have right. Rachel Lindsay who's writing it, but as you also mentioned, she's distanced herself from the franchise. So to call it a bachelor book is a disservice, mm-hmm. um, which I agree with. And then, you know, so he's gonna write this book and everyone's giving him shit about it. Yeah. And you're like, you rightly were like, well, if especially and you were really speaking to the white um progressive bachelor nation when you said this because yeah. <laughs> white progressive bachelor nation including myself has been like oh they didn't let us see his personality he has right. so much personality and right. then okay so he's gonna give us something and now you don't want it yeah that's exactly how I felt and I mean I understand black viewers being reticent about what his book could contain because we have seen things that I don't necessarily agree with that he said and done before but I still don't think my black experience is his black experience so I can't really tell Mm -hmm. him what to write or feel or how his life is so Mm -hmm. I just think you know everybody was like we didn't get a story like literally everyone Mm -hmm. and now he's coming out with a book like he I didn't see anything positive about it like not one post or anything positive about it which is just like proving the point yeah <laughs> uh, I feel like it's just yeah bachelor nation is a mess that way um yeah. so yeah man we were gonna say something earlier when I was like let's get into the, <laughs> your history in the show now I forgot what it was that you were talking about what were you talking about at the beginning Mike uh, <laughs> Mike maybe Hannah yeah. I think that's where we got the rail because I love Mike yeah we got the rails <laughs> a little bit it's fine we'll get back there um so yeah I mean goodness what a what a mess yes yes (laughs) this show has been um but like you also said there's been some things that have um some steps that have been made Mm -hmm. you know um we there is a um black executive producer now happening Mm -hmm. um we have michelle's a lead Mm -hmm. um Let's see here. What is another good thing? I mean, we fired Chris Harrison. Yeah, that's a big deal. A white man faced consequences. It is not an onion post. It actually happened. Hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I just think he was completely out of pocket for how he spoke to Rachel Lindsay. And um, I just couldn't believe what I was watching when you have this man who's a seasoned host who knows how to keep his collection and composure. So for him to just go off the rails like that for like 12 minutes was the video, mm-hmm. completely unhinged, all to protect Rachel's innocence as a grown adult um, who made a choice. I just am just flabbergasted that he even did that. And that, you know, I just, I think he is fine. Obviously he's still a millionaire. He will always be fine, but I do think that it was time for him to go regardless mm-hmm. and like I'm glad that he actually faced some consequences um because without that I couldn't in good conscience continue to consume the show and I still grapple with consuming the show anyway um <laughs> but definitely I was like okay we actually made some momentum and I felt like that people you know, the collective community that was built through the actions of the people on the show and mm-hmm. then people like you and other um, Instagram and Twitter accounts that really were making 
momentum and progress. Like I think it was just like, okay, we can, we can do something here. So yeah, I think we really showed um, the, the powers that be Mm -hmm. that we do, that we can, you know, do something and they can't completely control like a narrative. I do feel like they still control so much and they still do so much, you know, problematic stuff. Right. Um, He's not the cause of their issues, but like, like you said, it just came down to a principle thing too. Like Mm -hmm. it just really was like, we can't have this man here. And like you said too, the contestants that spoke up out and against it, you know, Ivan and um, Piper mm-hmm. were some of the more vocal ones, but mm-hmm. other people were as well. All the different players that are contestants that um, <laughs> I'm in the pit. <laughs> thank you. Okay, girl. Thank you. <laughs> uh, they made a cool ass uh, unionization play. Um, and, you know, but then, but then there's like the theory, cause Connie, I've had Connie on a couple of times and she's talking mm-hmm. about how like, they fucking uh, gave Piper and Ivan villain edits yes. to get back at them. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. That 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 is a thought there. I think you know since they've been so like Bachelor Data and other good accounts have been like okay, screen time, screen time, screen time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're giving by by contestants more screen time. All right. So now we're gonna look at the type of screen time mm-hmm. that we're getting, and so mm-hmm. now it's more often than not the people at the highest levels of screen time are people who are getting villain edits and they've never given black people enough screen time to be a villain Mm -hmm. and so now that they are villains they're just not even thinking about like the racist vitriol that they're going to get at a higher level than like luke p was getting harassed i'm sure but like when you add that villain edit on top of race like Mm -hmm. i'm sure that they've been experiencing things that are way outsized to their narrative on the show so mm-hmm. um but I did not think about that they were getting that villain edit because of of being outspoken mm-hmm. but that absolutely is the case especially with Ivan like mm-hmm. uh, it just was I mean Wells was the principal like I didn't understand the whole <laughs> I just was like this doesn't even sit well with me and I have to like pull kids out all the time in class yeah. and like, what's going on <laughs> that didn't I just felt like it fell flat because he didn't do anything that was that substantive Mm-mm. it no. was just very outsized and piper's situation is layered because yes. of the whole colorism aspect with her and natasha and also like i obviously empathize and connect with natasha because i am a dark-skinned black woman so i mm-hmm. understand her reality more than piper's but mm-hmm. also like piper being a black woman also is layered in how she was perceived and treated by the show mm-hmm. and the fans people mm-hmm. were very quick to counsel her in ways that I'm like okay this white person has been problematic for years and we keep forgiving them mm-hmm. but Piper did one thing so yeah. yeah it's really I just think that you know obviously Piper did kind of whatever she did do but I also think the producers had a lot of role in how they edited her to show very much because very we much. That everyone was talking about that right all of those people in the beach were talking about follower counts right but they right. showed her being this certain way to you know add right. to the virtual so it's unfortunate mm-hmm. it's unfortunate and so then we kind of get to um jamie you yes. know um we're gonna start talking about the episode uh and jamie comes up in it again yes. <laughs> so we were talking last week on a live and you were in the comment section me and connie were talking about it and how just in general like jamie's getting he was getting treated by the fandom like as if he'd done like the worst thing ever 
right he didn't right i just i like that he did showcase what was going on that he took screenshots and posted them so people could see so the people who are in his comments and in his dms don't get to just hide in those spaces and and spew that hate towards someone and even if he did something super egregious that was worth canceling him Mm -hmm. like i don't know how people can send it like sending a death threat to a person i personally and i'm a, I'm a small account like if i don't want to get it i will limit my replies my comments on instagram are limited because i only got a few things a couple times and i was like i'm not in this space for that Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so i, I can... know contestants are oh it's so yeah and like you were saying like now we're they're getting more screen time and if they mm-hmm. then end up being the villain and it, now it's just going to be um, but they're not necessarily getting like more followers for it. They're not getting like good things from it. Like Jamie no. is going to just be like, just completely, I don't know. Yeah. It's just yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so we get a one-on-one date with Martin this week. Um, yes. And <laughs> what do you think of Martin? Um, I can't decide if I'm attracted to him. It really depends on the picture yeah. or... <laughs> what he's doing but I uh, glasses are like my thing so anytime a man wears glasses I'm like oh yeah but even when he's wearing glasses I'm still like hmm but maybe he's better in person but he's not I don't know so I don't really feel any attraction personally I don't know if Michelle does either but he's interesting so interesting to look at yes yes (laughs) kim kardashian cannot claim that he is not the most interesting to look at (laughs) (laughs) my roommates were like there's not a single uh part of him that's like a blank space for your eyes to like rest you know you can't just like rest (laughs) every single part you look at there's like something going on tiring um (laughs) so they do some racing Mm -hmm. um they do not kill each other which is great i was a little concerned yes (laughs) he lets her win which was a good choice but she actually probably was like just she i mean maybe she's michelle's a badass yeah michelle's a badass right (laughs) she's driving she's good and then the producers make them sit in this stagnant bin of water next to some old tires what is that (laughs) I want to know the temperature of the water. Like that was not discussed, but like, what was it? <laughs> what do you? Th- I, it looked cold to me. Yes. <laughs> could there be anything that's less sexy? Like uh, being? Could you imagine sitting in a small tub of water with a man? <laughs> I don't know how she did it, and like, uh, just him being the person too. It was just a lot of things that were going against that date. And he brought up Jamie. He brought up Jamie. So he brings up Jamie. He says that he thinks, you know, he was friends with him in the house. He thinks he's a a upstanding man, a good man. You could literally see on her face the moment she was like, nah, but I still have to sit here with this dude. But you could just tell that she was like, "Mm, not, no, no. It was really, I I was like, he's going home in that moment. You could see it all over her face. Yes. Did not hide that. No. Um, and then she's like immediately like, Well, I mean, I had more information about the situation. I think I made a good decision. Do you think I don't didn't make a good decision? And he backtracks immediately. He's like, No, no, no. I think you did a good job. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I need to save it. This is this is tanking. I gotta get back in her good graces. Um, and then like the rest of the day, he like I there's people online like saying that he is like attentive and like 
and like good or whatever, but I didn't like this. I thought it was borderlining manipulative Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the way that he talked about how like he just because when she calls him out he's just like oh you know you're right like I'm sorry if it came off that way I'm working on it um I'm I don't my family is was kind of bad I've never I don't cry I don't know how to speak about my emotions do you know how to speak about your emotions Michelle yeah he deflected really quickly and it's like I appreciated what he was saying because I know a lot of men and women don't have good communication examples from home and you Mm -hmm. don't realize until you're an adult like Mm -hmm. the way your communication styles are impacted by your childhood your upbringing so I appreciate what he was trying to say Mm -hmm. it still didn't justify standing up for Jamie unnecessarily but Mm -hmm. somehow he was able to salvage it but I could see it being like oh I don't know what I'm doing here this is my first time ever expressing emotion at 28 so (laughs) It's what a concept right but he did flip it back on her I think she is a person who looks for the good in people mm-hmm. until it's like no way avoidable like Jamie obviously she couldn't find the good or the bad outweigh the good mm-hmm. so I think she was like okay I see something here so maybe there's still some good in him left because that's the only way I could see that she kept him yeah I mean she's not gonna pick him right no absolutely. that's why she kept him you're right right he'll be in mexico (laughs) i know right oh he'll be in mexico yeah Yeah. that's so true um i can't remember was there a musical guest on this one or was it the other one i think it was the other date date. yeah okay we'll get to that Mm -hmm. so then we get a group date card and it comes and through that we find out that rick is getting the second one-on-one at this point nate and chris start to have their issue because nate says to everybody um I'm not worried about it. It's not like a matter of if I'm going to get a one-on-one, it's a matter of when, um, which I think is a pretty valid thing to say. Right. Um, if I'm Nate, I would say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially if I was, have you seen <laughs> So, um, and there's, yeah, it'll come. And then that's when fucking snaky Chris comes in and speaks uh. for the first time this season that I've heard him. <laughs> and unfortunately when he opens his mouth, it's bad. Right. <laughs> I just, I hadn't really paid attention to him. I was getting a lot of the Chris's and Casey's confused, not going to lie. Fair. So I was like, oh, okay, here's this irrelevant person who now wants a storyline. Um, but like, I don't think, I don't think Nate said anything problematic. And like, if Michelle sees the tape, she'll be like, he was just confident in our connection. And um, I think Rick just didn't like, didn't like that he was uncomfortable or intimidated by Nate. Yeah. Like Nate said later, why did it bother you? Mm-hmm. And Chris couldn't answer. No. <laughs> mm, I wonder if it's not racism. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a like racism. <laughs> <laughs> so the group date comes and it includes um, Will, mm-hmm. Chris S., we just talked about his shitty ass. Um, Chris <laughs> shit. I'm going to call him Chris shit. Chris uh, shit Casey, Chris G., uh Leroy Rodney Olu Brendan Clayton Joe and Romeo and Nate fuck there's still too many guys okay wonderful um which makes the problem worse later on but there were a lot of them so and they're all forced to play more children's games what fresh hell am I in (laughs) they were very excited like they were super hype about and I think it was not like the producers hyping them up. I think they legitimately wanted <laughs> to have cucumbers on their eyes 
Like they, they like I'm posted. I truly believe that he was chilling and That's having a good, a good point. Time. Yeah, like because like they're in this shitty hotel, and this is like the they're not getting like travel yet, and so they're like, this is all we need. This is the best. Like, this is the fucking best. <laughs> There's AC. I get to be in cozy PJs. Yeah, you're very right. Um, so they, they. They do essentially fuck up. Um, yes. Shocker, men fucking up. Wow, what is <laughs> confused. Um, and they ignore Michelle. <sighs> I don't think I've ever. I mean, obviously, there's been moments of heartbreak on the show before, mm-hmm. but like, I just don't feel like I've ever really resonated with someone so much as like, I'm here. I need to be seen and they completely didn't see it and like if you're looking at her face her face was so heartbroken and dejected and it was just I don't it speaks to how many black women feel but then I'm like Michelle's conventionally attractive mm-hmm. so like have at any other thing that might not make you less eurocentrically beautiful and like that's compounded so I just my heart broke to see her in that moment when she's the lead of the show, like want attention <laughs> and, and like, that. Yeah. And like, and, and you were saying, first of all, it was heartbreaking to see her face and to see how she was going through it, but also like the men couldn't notice that they couldn't right. pick up on that. And right. I imagine Michelle, cause she seems like also like somebody who's like in touch with her like feelings yeah. and wears her heart on her shoulders. So like, she also was probably even extra hurt. She's like, I'm kind of being pretty obvious about this and you all are not right. even right. Because Taisha and Caitlin noticed immediately. Thank you. Yes. And they did it. And you could just see in her eyes, like, the whole entire date. And she had to turn it on anyway, and she did. But I have it chills. Was, yeah. That, that, yeah. We've all been in that moment where you want to cry, and if somebody asks you what's wrong, and you're like, I can't talk about it right now. Right. <laughs> right. Oh. I mean, I feel like I do that, like, at least once a week. <laughs> but... um it was just, it was really sad. And like the show kind of just kept going for date two, which I mean, I feel like they had to, but it just was really sad that it just felt like, again, like her emotions had to be ignored to mm-hmm. keep going with this. And, and that a lot of people didn't pick up on it. It was Yeah. Just, it's, yeah. it's so sad. Cause like the leads, typically the women the leads don't typically want the men to do any of these fighting dates anyway. Right, right. Um, it isn't an opportunity for them to figure out who's the one. Nothing. Um, and so she was so beyond valid in her feelings behind, beyond all the other things mentioned, but like beyond mad that just as a lead, she missed out on all that quality time, which wasn't right. even going to be quality because there's a fucking twister board out. But, <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, I was like, God, even just like from a bachelorette standpoint, like this is just like, yikes yeah. on the bikes. Um, yeah. So the men do their fighting um, and it's annoying and Michelle has to force herself to enjoy it. It's just so sad. Yes. And then we get kind of the the more heart of the situation she talks mm-hmm. to Caitlin outside a little bit mm-hmm. this was an interesting moment it was it was <laughs> um you were you tweeted about this too but it was just beautiful to have this moment stay in the space of a black woman experiencing yes. all these yes. feelings yes. so we'll talk about that for sure but also it was just wild to see Caitlin just do her very best to yeah. just nod yes yes Caitlin definitely like watched a few shows with therapy sessions to prepare because she was definitely a good therapist she listened 
Um, but yeah, she did not insert herself, which I thought was really good of Caitlin in that moment. Because a lot of times when you're listening to someone, you're like, oh yeah, I've experienced that too. And this happened to me on my season. And it's so easy to go into that. So she did it. I think it was an interesting choice for it to be Caitlin and not Tasha. But then I'm also thinking, like, do we want Tasha to carry labor that mm-hmm. Caitlin is not? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. maybe Caitlin is a stand-in for the audience. I mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. I would have liked for it to be Tasha, but mm-hmm. I think maybe because Tasha would have just known and Michelle wouldn't have had to explain. So maybe that's why they did the choice. I don't know. That's okay. I mean, all all those options are pretty spot on to me. I could see it being a combination of everything. I mean, yeah. They, the producers probably really wanted this moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Having, I, the, the, it resonated with me when you said, like, that she was probably the stand-in for the audience, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I think Michelle's really good at having conversations about race in a way that it feels like Michelle is having the conversation Mm-hmm. And it's not like, okay, I want you guys to bring this up. And mm-hmm. I feel like with other conversations that we've had this year or this past year since the quarantine episodes, I feel like Michelle's definitely in control of the narrative more so mm-hmm. than other people have been who've been mm-hmm. having conversations on race before. Yeah, like Tasha's conversation with Ivan, mm-hmm. um, Matt's conversation with Chris Harrison. Yes, <laughs> that was still like... <laughs> I feel like Matt just didn't have, he didn't have anybody he could talk to. No, he didn't. And it's yeah. so fucking fucked up. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. <sighs> That's horrible. Um, so, you know, she, she opens up about, she references, you know, the, the poetry date and how she um, has already told them that yes. she has been not seen her whole life right. by her classmates, her peers, I imagine in her career. Right. Um, right. I don't know if she mentioned that, but I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, and that she, you know, that that hurts on like many deep levels. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then to have it kind of happen again so soon after that was really yes. harmful. And then just like the general feelings, too, I'm sure of just being like the bachelorette and people like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? You know, right. In that environment where the whole entire production, every camera person, everything is to help you find level in your journey and to feel unseen mm-hmm. in the only time in your life where it, everything is about you. Like it just doesn't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then she goes to the nighttime portion and mm-hmm. she uh, tells the men why she's upset. Very like, again, Michelle is really adept at expressing her emotions and being honest mm-hmm. and, like not like she definitely said everything she needed to say she didn't sugarcoat anything and let them sit with like how she felt um she's really good at that she's mm-hmm. really good at having the tough conversations in those moments um mm-hmm. and they felt I mean I was crying and then as Olu crying I was just like oh my goodness like that was just his whole scene with her too was just so amazing um yeah. I just really liked everything that happened with him validating her and seeing her and, you know, talking about his own sister's experience. I just thought that that was a really amazing moment that we got to see. Yeah. And it was just so personal. Mm -hmm. I feel like he also, it was a 
beautiful yeah just beautifully seen to see something be so vulnerable mm-hmm. personable mm-hmm. validating mm-hmm. and uh, and just like nice yes like gentle you know yes he's definitely like in that moment like that's what you would want in a partner when you're going through something like that's that's exactly the response that you would want um and you know she's that emotional support for so many people she said that so many times and so to see her be validated in that way was like okay that's exactly what she's looking for and then she fucking goes a step further and validates him. Right. And says, thank you for being an emotional, like showing your emotions as a black man. I know right. that that's hard. And then like right. that's making me feel stronger. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, that was, I mean, just seeing him be vulnerable like that was very powerful in that moment. And I know that it, it it's going to help so many other people. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, for me, I was like, okay, I needed to hear what mm-hmm. Olu said to Michelle too. So I just, it was just a beautiful moment that you could tell was pure and mm-hmm. real. And I think there's so many other things that the show produces and, mm. and, you know, is influenced. And I mm-hmm. do think that that moment was organic between both of them. You could tell. Yeah. The way they hugged and stuff. Oh, so yeah. good. I was like, I want to hug like that for my partner. <laughs> Absolutely. Please. Um, and then like, I thought Romeo's response was also great. Yes. I, I'll have my opinion on Nate's in a second, but. I Romeo walks in and just like thanks her. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's good. Like, yes. oh my God. <laughs> right. Right. He said everything perfectly too. I don't know, you know, maybe she didn't just feel a spark with him because I do think that I was sad that he didn't. Well, I don't want to jump yeah, in. No, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. He but didn't stay. <laughs> yeah. I was sad that he didn't stay because, I mean, Romeo mm-hmm. is like the complete package in my eyes, but mm-hmm. he just might not have been a fit for her. Yeah. True. Yeah um but yeah he he said thank you for like opening up to us I was like that was just another good example keep writing it down man right right Uh, (laughs) and and Nate's reaction wasn't bad yeah yeah just wasn't great yeah I think when Nate is so conventionally attractive (laughs) he's probably like never had to like be vulnerable in that I'm sure I mean I don't I'm sure know. he's been vulnerable at times right. but like it's not tip but yeah maybe it's not typical right. for him, I don't I don't see a lot of women asking him to be emotionally available like if he's not it's still like he's Nate but I think he has that capability I think it just might have been his first time yeah. <laughs> having to <laughs> apologize oh. for something I don't know <laughs> no for sure okay that's actually clicking something for me with joe as well because i was like a little annoyed with joe the first episode when he had the ghosting conversation with her and i was kind of like dude you're kind of saying the right things but like you're not doing this well and he's also very attractive and like yes. tall and you know basketball yes. player and so um yes. if joe ghosted me and then started responding again i would just respond <laughs> i don't think i would be like where were you? And it's like, okay, we're back on. Oh God, that's so good. Less attractive men have ghosted me and I responded. <laughs> I don't fault Michelle for keeping him. I oh my have. God. I'm going to make that into a bumper sticker. Oh my God. That's so good. <laughs> Less attractive men have ghosted me still. Um, that's amazing. Uh, so yeah, it was, that's good. And Clayton. So we have to talk about Clayton. I wrote it in all caps in my notes. Okay. So Clayton's response was whatever. I don't care. I wasn't listening to be honest. <laughs> um, I can't listen to a single thing. This man said, you of course made an iconic tweet last night. 
um, along the lines of, can we all stop pretending that we're waiting for him to show us something that makes him worthy of him being the next bachelor? We all know the reason why. Right. It's hard to separate him as a person. Yes. From the decision that the show made. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know anything about him. We don't know. But like, we know that the show made this intentional choice to reset back to the white ideal that they've had before. He looks like Colton. He looks like Jesse Palmer. Like He looks like Sean Lowe. We've already seen his season. Mm-hmm. We already know who he's going to pick. And he might keep a black woman a little bit further than Ari did. But we still know the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be wrong, but I'm probably not. So. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... And that's the thing is you don't, we don't know anything about him for two reasons. One, the show's not giving us anything, which is just like insane to me. Right. Two, I've tried looking. He doesn't have history. He's fucking like clean. And that's, that's the thing. I think that's why they specifically picked this particular white man too. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that. I was like, he, other than like one thing where he was a part of, he said on Facebook, I don't like politics. Mm -hmm. That is the only thing i think anyone's been able to find on this man Mm -hmm. and i think that that they learned i'm putting Mm -hmm. heavy quotes on this their lesson Mm -hmm. um with trying to find somebody who's not problematic Mm -hmm. quote unquote and i think they just like this man's clean they can't fucking find anything they Mm -hmm. wanted greg they wanted greg to be the Mm -hmm. lead i know this for a fact i've had some sources talk to me they, they wanted did. him to be the lead and he fucked his own shit up yeah, and the show didn't realize that we would care as much as we did. And that right. is on them to realize that we're in 2021. Right. And not 2000, I don't know, fucking 10. <laughs> I just didn't think, I don't think they really realized like how that conversation, that last conversation with Katie went. Um, and just like the, the whole the whole like if you look at what they were saying if you looked at their body language and all those things i just don't think that they thought that people were really going to be that upset by it well, they put um, a fucking in memoriam for him at yeah. the end of it <laughs> they thought they thought they had different footage than what they actually did um <laughs> and i do i do think you know us knowing that clayton is the bachelor so early like we're looking for things but i think like i said about Caitlin being a stand-in anytime Clayton's talking about Michelle I still feel like he's like talking to the audience like I need to prove myself I need to step up I feel like he's just talking to us like I don't I don't know yeah I I try to hold it against him as a person because like you said he's clean he's a blank slate who like you could throw anything on him and it'll be a traditional season yeah but it's just I don't know the outrage isn't there like it should be it's just like oh we're gonna make some memes about it and another thing I've noticed is like people can clearly see this as an egregious error on the show's part but like when we did have Katie being selected and it looked like it was just going to be Katie like I didn't see any Brie should be the bachelorette the way that we're seeing Olu should be the bachelorette and it's just like again let's unpack Mm. that I, I don't know if Michelle was originally asked and said no I don't I still don't understand the timeline of all of that but I don't think Michelle would have been given the chance to be the lead if people didn't have outrage about Katie I don't Mm -hmm. think Tasha would have been Mm -hmm. given the the lead if Claire Mm -hmm. had not blown up the bachelorette um Mm -hmm. Rachel is probably the only person 
who they genuinely chose mm-hmm. on her own. Um, which just and then you have to think about Rachel and Tasha have the most successful um partnerships in mm-hmm. the show. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you were barely gonna give them a chance. So <laughs> mm. it's really <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah. <sighs> And there was, you know, there was that prayer for, like, Andrew to be the lead instead of Greg or, you know, Michael or anything like that. And I was just really shocked that they didn't, didn't. Yeah. I mean, I guess there was, like, the tweet scandals, but, like. Yeah. And I, to me, that doesn't keep him from being the lead, to my opinion. But, but right. I think they thought that because of what they had just gone through. Right. Um, With Matt and Rick Coconnell and all that. So, like, I just. Yeah, I see how they think that they're what they're doing is like the thing to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I can see why a lot of people are being more passive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I mean, just, the show's created by white men. Yeah. For white men. It's still yeah. going to be a white male gaze, even yeah. if the viewership is female. Wow. And all, yeah. I think it's still, I mean, Mike Fleiss, they created the show. Like, it's for them. Like, it's wow. going to work by design. <laughs> Fuck, you're so but, I mean, right. I mean, I don't expect the show created by white men to to be. I just don't. So I don't know. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Love that. Uh, let's move on to another white man, Rick. <laughs> um, he's a one-on-one day. They go in a scary gondola. They mm-hmm. go hiking. Mm-hmm. We'll say these dates are usually the most preferred dates because it's mm-hmm. so much one-on-one time and it's so yes. valuable. And it's kind of sad. It was just wasted on him. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely did not like him the first episode mm-hmm. with the whole gimmicky thing. I was just like, uh, I feel like if I was Michelle, I would just cut people with stupid gimmicks, but she kept him. Yeah. I'm glad she did because he does seem yeah. like he's not that bad. Yeah. So. When I say wasted, I just meant like I would have loved that much of screen time though for like Olu or, yeah. you know, Leroy or, you yeah. know, like. So to me, it's like, cause that's such a good date to have. Yeah. I was just like, of course. Why are we it. using him? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we see why more or less, because yes. he has quite a traumatic uh, story um, and he's very emotional and he emotes yes. and I, I love that part about him. And um, so they, they see this wish box and uh, clearly all of the wishes were written by production. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or Hannah Ann. I still am not over <laughs> that she wrote peter but they were that bad (laughs) oh my god fuck me up (laughs) her little like heart eyes oh my god hannah ann hannah ann oh maggie ann is what we call her here oh hannah i don't want to know about her politics because she actually makes me laugh so okay good good, good. i just laughing (laughs) i don't take her seriously but i mean no one should She's a white girl from Alabama, so I would be surprised if she was progressive or liberal. I would be genuinely shocked. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, you know, I no, I'm sorry. I don't want to ruin anyone's fucking good time. <laughs> she just makes me laugh. She's funny. So, she's funny. Um, so he just starts kind of dropping these like trauma things real quick, like as she they're reading this thing. It's like, oh, I want to find a love that's like strong, and he's like, my parents are divorced. <laughs> oh she's like okay <laughs> okay and then there's another one it's like uh i wish my dad could see that was so <laughs> oh my gosh and you think about like you at some point when you watch the show all the time like 
you've seen these stories and so I just I felt bad for him in the moment like I don't understand first of all like I just don't understand how you're able to like condense your trauma into a five minute story just the first time you've ever spent more than 30 minutes with the person Mm -hmm. yeah they really were like in the order that they took him out to I'm like okay I don't know it's just yeah and then so he's like well my dad and I have bad relationship. <laughs> He's been really deport, or depressed, and then like just kind of moves on. And then they, re- I wrote this down. Their wishes, they wish to find love through difficult conversations. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I do not want that. <laughs> I do not want that. But good for y'all. <laughs> oh, so fucking weirded. <laughs> I, I don't think it should be hard. And I definitely Yeah, don't think... I mean, I think relationships take work, but yeah, you should. So if someone doesn't have trauma, they're not going to find love. Like, I don't. If they process their trauma, it's too late for you. Well, I feel called out, Ash, actually, because I'm kind of one of those people sometimes where I'm just like, if you haven't experienced some trauma, I'm not going to get along with you. No. <laughs> I mean, we all have trauma. Right. <laughs> but I don't know if I want to put mine on a card to That's read true. to a stranger. Um, so we find out that Rick's dad, they had some trouble in their marriage and then that Rick found the text that outed his dad's cheating and told the mom. It's bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. And then his dad, they break, they divorce and then his dad gets really depressed. Rick alludes to him believing that it's his fault which is horrible yeah. i'm to feel that i feel horrible yeah, for that um and then his dad dies and i was confused about that did you hear I, it sounded like he's i i really don't understand what happened how he died it sounded like his friend found him but it was like a medical thing i don't yeah. i couldn't tell what it was yeah um, um yeah it was i've had you know when you're a teacher, you're also a counselor. You're also mm-hmm. doing so many different things. So, mm-hmm. like, I've had people disclose things to me, and things have been like really heavy. Mm-hmm. And so, I know Michelle has probably also, as a teacher, had that happen to her as well. Yeah. But I mean, I hope that they do really have a therapist there to process for Rick, but also for Michelle, because if week after week you're just getting people telling you their deepest traumas like that's some heavy things for her to carry Mm -hmm. and she has responded again just like because we've seen so many people respond awfully over Mm -hmm. the past couple of years (laughs) so her just being a human and empathizing with other people is just like wow this is refreshing um I just felt bad for her for him Mm -hmm. and just I don't I don't want I don't know what to do about this cycle of trauma bonding being the only way to build a, re- a relationship or a connection with the lead i i've seen the discourse around it and i fully fully agree with all of it i just unfortunately see it as like a part of it yeah. like i don't i i don't ever envision that ever not being there because yeah. it it because it works it doesn't yeah, it work all the other time like the times that it doesn't work within the 30 people that she dates that sucks yeah but it works Ugh, i hate yeah. it I, I do hate it but it's like yeah, it doesn't work when it's like ABC Cam, and that was like the first time I think I heard Pity Rose. Um, it doesn't work when it's that, but no. yeah, it's a hard balance because you want to connect and you want them to know who you are. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. just hard. It's hard. Um, but 
don't worry. They do have somebody right away to help Rick and Ad and uh, Michelle to feel <laughs> better. And that is a live performance. It's <laughs> like, you know, I'll make this drama better. A song <laughs> about, I think the song was like a lease on life too. So it's like, things will be better because I have a good person. I'm paraphrasing, but that's probably what the song lyrics are. And also, it's like somebody who's watched the show for a while. Can you also validate my, like, I've never seen them, like, go hard on this music performance like that. They were, like, zooming into the drummers, zooming into the bass. (laughs) Andy Grammer must be, like, a big, big get for them. Because, like, we got to, he must have had, like, you have to show me for a certain amount of time before I agree to this. They showed him a lot and they were like, it was a fucking like Honda commercial. Like, it was like, woo, 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 woo. I loved it. Um, I do know who Andy Grammer is and that's probably the first time I've known a musical guest. So Mm -hmm. he must be a high good get for them. (laughs) Good get. Um, So now we have the cocktail party drama. Mm-hmm. so michelle gracefully floats down the steps i'm not sure how she does it every time um <laughs> she appears as an angel in front of the men and <laughs> fucking short ass man i he wore shorts on his first date and i he still did. see him in the shorts just he's always in the shorts to me that's how he's always dressed i uh, wearing a fucking backpack um <laughs> So he fucking hands her her drink, which I'd be like, sir, I don't want your drink. I don't know if you fucking have drugged it. I was about it. to say, don't trust it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and he's like, where she even opens her mouth, he's like, hold up. I have something to say because I'm of importance and I don't actually care what you have to say, Michelle. So the men Let are me a bunch of you. losers and you told them how they were ignoring you. And I agree with that. And I think <laughs> especially that Nate is problematic because he's like confident or whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Michelle's just, like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it just was like, what, what was your purpose? Like, what was the reason? What did you think you were going to accomplish? Did you think she was like, cancel the cocktail party because Rick regurgitated what I told you but in a horrible way and said she when I was right here and I could speak for myself yeah I really don't know what he I think he wasn't thinking I think he thinks that that's he well he says later on he's a white knight I was like did he really just say I'm a white savior here like and they were like oh yeah we're gonna keep that in it's like sir did you hear yourself it's like the one time I'm kind of happy they keep stuff like that in because yeah. I'm like for the audience it's like us being like Oh no. <laughs> and people are like, what's wrong? He wants to protect Michelle. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so she pulls him aside and they have a talk, and he just like she doesn't probe him that much. <laughs> no, sir, this is not a dentist appointment. She is not probing you. And like he also interrupts Brandon, sweet, angelic, unproblematic, doesn't know what's going on, Brandon. Crime. Like, That's a crime. <laughs> Like, I don't know. She doesn't probe him at all. He's just like, Nate, 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 Nate. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so this is what the problem is. Nate, stop threatening you are. Mm-hmm. And she, he tries to kiss her. She says, no. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. 
Thank you for sure. It's like a teacher in a student role. Like totally. He's, he's wearing the shorts and she's like, mm, no, thank mm, you. No, you need to keep doing your work. <laughs> he um, doesn't do homework. He said that. <laughs> so true. He does. <laughs> Fucking loser. I swear to God. I, when I saw his bio originally in his photo, I was like, this is the kind of man that calls me a fat cow on Instagram. Mm. Doesn't even follow me. You know, he Mm-mm. just found my account because he mm-hmm. likes fat women, mm-hmm. but he wants to call me a fat cow. Talk about it. Talk about it. So mm. I was like, I, he's just confirming all that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Michelle talks to Nate, Nate handles it well. Um, and then they have their, him and Chris and Nate have their, their mm-hmm. interaction. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Um, I just was waiting for him to like somehow twist it to make Nate the aggressor. And I was mm-hmm. like, if he says that Nate has bullied him, I will lose it because you started this whole situation and Mm -hmm. like Nate is reasonably, rationally asking you, why does it bother you? Like you can tell that he's angry, but also in the moment he knows that he can't be. Um, And Mm -hmm. are you touching me? I'm like, he's not touching you. He's being expressive in the same way that you are. Um, And then pause for a second. Nate is leaning against something right chris is coming at him yes 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 that's a very good that's a very good thing to point out and it was just like i knew nothing was going to come out of the of the conversation but i did appreciate nate just in the moment saying this is ridiculous and you're ridiculous and he is absolutely a dweeb and <laughs> i'm glad he brought that word back from seventh grade i need to bring it back <laughs> yes. chris is a dweeb he's a dweeb it was yeah. just uh, luckily nate is the type of person who is calm and rational um because someone else it would have easily been flipped and edited to make them be something that they were not it's something i wanted to ask you have you noticed though that they show it's something that's been bothering me i've noticed that the show keeps showing nate's hands Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I wondered if that was like a microaggression in a lot of ways. Like in this moment, he's kind of gesturing towards Chris. Chris says, are you going to hit me? And then mm-hmm. Nate like, goes like, no, which he wasn't. Again, Chris was the, the one approaching him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then like last week when there was the thing happening mm-hmm. or yeah, when Jamie was, yeah. When Jamie was talking to Nate and Rick and mm-hmm. the other guy, like they they fucking zoom in on Nate's hands and he's like, you know, moving them because he's mm-hmm. frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. And then even earlier in this episode, he's like touching Michelle and they zoom in on his hands. And that's mm-hmm. probably innocent. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, what are they trying to do? Mm-hmm. I can't say I picked up on it. I've noticed that he was expressive, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that it was like an intentional, I'm going to show him in that way. Yeah. So now I definitely am going to be looking for it yeah. and seeing if it comes up. But I mean, I'm. you said three examples off the top of your head. So obviously mm-hmm. it's a pattern. I, I, <sighs> because I, because we also saw the preview, you know, of mm-hmm. Chris saying this and I was like, yes. what are they doing? You know, so yes. Um, and like, also, I guess, what are your thoughts on like the show even showing that part? Like, yeah, is that I, negative? I think that they've paid and they've done this with like Carl mm-hmm. and Thomas, mm-hmm. um, when the situations don't even end up being what they claim for them to be, but they, in the preview, it looks like 
Nate's the aggressor, it looks like. Thomas was the aggressor, it looks like. Carl, hopeless, hapless. Mm-hmm. Carl <laughs> All of it. Was the aggressor. And so I think it's, like I said, they haven't really given a lot of Black men screen time. And so <laughs> now it's like... Um, when you're constructing the villain edit, the villain edit that you've given to other contestants doesn't work now because it's mm. like it, it's it's microaggressions, like you said, it's Nate and Carl and Thomas being the aggressor when that's not the case. And with Thomas, especially, like we see his trajectory with how the show presented him mm-hmm. versus how he really is, mm-hmm. and and it is a lot of being in a black man in a in a big body taking mm-hmm. up space and mm-hmm. Nate takes up a lot of space. He's six, eight. So he probably is used to the way that he presents himself and carries himself. And he has to watch that. Um, and then yeah. the show kind of exploiting that a little bit, like you mm. said, I definitely see it now that you've mentioned it. I hope that they don't continue to do that. And I feel like, I mean, I think even to, I'm hoping to, even the white viewers that it was obvious that Chris was the mm-hmm. aggressor and the villain mm-hmm. in this situation. I think it is, but I think it's still dangerous mm-hmm. to have that be shown to male you know, middle America mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the day of Karen calling police on a man who's walking his dogs in the park. Absolutely. And like you said, it's like the bachelorette. It's not like it's a dating reality television show, but like, Michelle, which I, this kind of sounds like I'm on a tangent, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm in I'm in North Carolina, mm-hmm. so I mean I see other Black people quite frequently. Um, I have not lived in Minnesota. I, I imagine that being Black in Minnesota is different than being Black in North Carolina mm-hmm. or in wherever. A lot of contestants come from different places that I'm like the Black population is a lot different from mine. Mm. So when you have that taken into context and how they take up space on the show and then you have content you have people who watch the show mm-hmm. who are in montana who <laughs> might not ever actually encounter a black person in their daily life um see this like the show is their only time they see these portrayals so these negative portrayals that people don't think are a big deal these microaggressions have a big impact when mm-hmm. people aren't encountering Um, black people in real life I think I listened to something where it's like most white people don't have a black friend like a black Mm -hmm. somebody in their close Mm -hmm. friend circle a lot of people's friend circles are really um, like the race that they are unless you're Mm -hmm. very intentional about it um, unless you seek out those connections with people on purpose yeah or it's like kind of flipped like what michelle has all white friends right you know and it's like she had kind of no choice or whatever to have right. more black friends you know right right um and so like these portrayals mean something mm-hmm. especially when a lot of the audience of the show don't encounter black people in their daily lives or to the level where it's like you're that's your coworker, but not your friend. Mm-hmm. Like it's an acquaintance that you have, but the connection that you think you have is probably not what it is. And you still get to hold these like racist beliefs. I mean, I still right. think so wholeheartedly the reason we didn't have a black bachelor male lead for many reasons, of course, but mm-hmm. one of them that has been brought up by people who who uh, are talking about it is that that the white audience 
doesn't feel comfortable with a black man kissing mm-hmm. a white woman mm-hmm. on TV mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. and would just like put off viewers. And mm-hmm. I, it's so upsetting to me to think that that's like, to know that that's true, mm-hmm. that that, mm-hmm. that is how people are seeing it. And then the show was like, well, obviously I'm not going to, we're not going to cast one because we're going to lose all these viewers. Right. And they didn't do it so absolutely necessary. Yeah. And like they had their hand was forced. Yeah. And literally. then the way they did it was like absolutely abysmal how they treated Matt. And somehow the the conversation still was like, oh, Matt season was such emotional labor for me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna skip it. I'm like, oh, okay, you get to skip. <laughs> like, I don't get to skip <laughs> my my existence, but like, okay, yeah. this I'm not connecting with Michelle. I'm gonna like I'm I have fatigue now. Like, well, I mean, yeah, it all just kind of ties into the Blue Lives Matter stuff of it all, right? I mean, yeah. you know, they can take off their uh, their uniforms, you know, you can't take off your race and 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 it just all connects to that, I think. And it's just sad. And then you add yeah, back to Matt real quick, like they watered him down in such a way mm-hmm. to probably mitigate for that mm-hmm. fear that they knew was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when we say, oh, we didn't get his personality, it's like, oh, well, that's the reason why. Right, right. Right. They had to make him palatable for the white audience as much as possible. Except um, for when they wanted to abuse the trauma of his father. Right. That I will never get over the fact that I feel like they blindsided his dad. And had his dad been more aware of the situation, I think the whole interaction could have been completely different. Mm-hmm. And Matt needed that moment, I think, to yeah. process his own. Like I think he wasn't of course. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I hope that he talks about in the book, maybe his decision to have that aired and what was his rationale behind it. But I don't know when people are like, oh, the show is showing another example of a broken black family, which like there are, I just, that's somebody's lived experience at the same time that signed up for the show. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the show cast this person because mm, they yeah, fit yeah, these I things. Agree. So yeah, I yeah, hate yeah. when people say that because it's like, that's Matt, Matt's experience. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk to more people who have both their parents in the home. But like, I don't think I don't know the way people say it has always been off putting to me. It's like, mm-hmm. no, that's his lived experience. Um, so <laughs> and like Dean, handled it wrong. I feel like. right. And you think about <laughs> Dean and all the stuff that his family <laughs> exactly. like nobody nobody's saying oh Dean's <laughs> Dean's family is representative of the entire white families in America, but Matt's is. So it's just like okay. Wow. Just show, just show more black people. <laughs> Oops, just do that. And then, just <laughs> and then Matt's wouldn't be the only experience that we see. So I think that's an easier fix than telling Matt not to come from a broken home. So but yeah, thank you. Yeah, how about we not do that? Mm, yeah. Wow. <sighs> but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see like what who Michelle um eliminates Mm -hmm. and how the conversation will change as the men um are less and less Mm -hmm. um I just am going to be interested in how people continue to talk about the men of Mm -hmm. the season yeah yeah surely I mean we all know that obviously Chris stayed because he was a producer Rose and um you know like said she sent home Romeo which felt was the wrong choice but yeah um you know she didn't have a connection with him so right she might have let him off early enough so he could have processed and 
be ready for paradise mm-hmm. or I don't know. I just want to <laughs> paradise. Yeah, I know. But see, Rash, you're thinking about the regular bachelor season. We're in a weird quasi fucked up yeah. version in the middle of fucking November. Who, uh, who knows? Oh, on the one hand, I really like bachelor content because like I said it keeps me connected to my friend Jessica yeah and like I have something to listen to every every morning when I'm driving to work but like the year round is I don't know I feel like we complain do you remember watching listen to your heart (laughs) and I never made it through a go episode without falling asleep (laughs) <laughs> like I just I fell asleep every time so I remember being starved for new content and so sometimes you get what you ask for Florida. So that might be why we're here but <laughs> I know. Um, it was like a wishbone wish and I was like oh I want more <laughs> content and then they were like okay here you go <laughs> fuck no 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 yeah. no Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, no, I'm really, yeah, I'm excited. I'm loving the season. I Me think, too. you know, even like the things we talked about that were unfortunate, I still think are like on the scale from what we normally see in seasons. I'm enjoying yes. it more. I feel way more yes. like, and I'm sure we'll have something that'll cause me to really have my heart like in a tizzy, but I've really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed Michelle for all the reasons we talked about. Oh yes. my God. Um, yes. She's an amazing lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that we're seeing the fun, athletic, playful. Like we saw little hints on yeah. Matt season. And so I just have really appreciated everything that she does. Um, I like the men. The dates are a little better than they're mm-hmm. not the same pandemic dates that we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get better with the travel. They're going to Minnesota. Send me back to when they were like Richmond, <laughs> when they were not excited about going to Richmond on Becca season. But, um, <laughs> but, I am, I think that, you know, this, the season is great. And so the people on Reddit and Facebook and all those people are like, this season is boring. and I can't relate. Like, let's unpack why, like, it's not Michelle. There's a lot of things that you could say while you have bachelor fatigue, but it's not Michelle. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have it for the reasons of making content. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And the way that the show is just doing yeah. it. Yeah. But I, I mean, I still remember when I saw her preview for the first time, I cried. I was like yes. so excited. Yes. Like, I really love, I love the show. I like the show. Damn it. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. want to enjoy it. And so I am, so I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people, um, I know a lot of people are uppity about liking and consuming reality television and talking about it. Um, but I really, I mean, it's popular culture for a reason. Um, I really do enjoy the show despite, you know, there's problems that definitely need to be fixed, but I'm I'm choosing to watch the show to make it better because if I choose to not engage with it, then like nothing's going to change about it. And we know since I've been watching it since 2017, for as much that needs to change, you know, there has been Mm -hmm. some progress that we should acknowledge. Yeah. And then, and to kind of wrap up with like you said in your blog post and you mentioned it in the beginning, you, re- you know, you relate to Michelle because she's also a teacher and yeah. you, you know, you relate to her as a black woman. And, yeah. and I think that that's really important because you said for so long that people aren't seeing themselves and, and you got to see yourself maybe in a contestant that was just like vying for Peter or Ari's heart. Right. And right. 
um I think that's just good and we should be celebrating yeah. that more and so yeah. <laughs> yeah especially like you know teaching is a really hard job yeah and it's been hard especially with the pandemic <sighs> so you know um a lot of teachers are supposed to only teach you know like I saw so many stories about like people would be in the hospital but teaching their classes on google meet you know it's just like it's uh teachers have an unreasonable expectation so um getting to see michelle choose herself as a teacher as a black woman it's just like there's so many there's it's just good to see some see her in that way choosing herself and being yeah and doing being, the show and being and yeah. finding whether it works out or not like she did yeah she made that choice to, to do something yes. for herself that's so powerful right i love that and we're all like oh all the people are influencers and all the people <laughs> want to be on instagram and that's not michelle at all and so to call her boring when you said that you wanted somebody who really returned back to their job and is not in the show for the fame but now they're bored I just like what do you want you know I'll never forgive Nick Vial for saying that Taisha was boring he said that once when they were talking about her being a lead once and he was like oh well people would be asleep by 805 and I was like I did not know he said that yeah he said it a couple years ago and he kind of like he took it back in a lot of ways but I was like first of all you're boring second right. of all you're an influencer fucking asshole third of all <sighs> as somebody who came into the show like watching with Rachel I didn't know Nick I didn't right. know oh, God bless you. I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know Ashley I didn't know Jared I didn't know right. Ben and so these people were like like I I wrote something about people being gatekeepers and like they mm-hmm. definitely are like, <laughs> like they have to have bachelor nation to sustain their credibility yeah care about them if they still weren't tangentially connected to the show and so I feel like <laughs> they hold on to that and hoard that and like saying Tasha is boring is gatekeeping because Nick mm-hmm. wants to be a guest host mm-hmm. um wells is somebody who i think doesn't really i don't i don't like i don't have a connection to them because i didn't watch their seasons mm-hmm. but like wells is someone who keeps getting jobs like ashley akinetti is still somebody people pay attention to mm-hmm. ben is still somebody people pay attention to and it's like you maintain your status and your connection to the show for relevance and so you're part of the people who didn't want to change when the whole thing with chris harrison happened mm-hmm. so many people that were in the comments when he got engaged or when in the comments mm-hmm. when he left the show it's just like you don't want to be a part of the change you just wanted to like post that uh the viral video of Vic and Mai and think you did your job <sighs> um but they outwardly commented and expressed support for Chris Harrison and I just think that whole set of people in Bachelor Nation like their time is up in my opinion I'm not mm-hmm. paying attention to them Good. I mean I, I follow them because every like even if I did and I'm gonna see it so <laughs> yeah I might I as just, well have first you can see the comments quickly <laughs> of course Nick would say Tasha is boring because he wants people to still pay attention to him even though he was the bachelor six years ago thank you I'm like oh sir what okay and yeah. you know who's um not live tweeting the show this season Nick Vial is not live tweeting it apparently wow. he's still wow. recapping it but Wow. I found that very fascinating uh, amongst a lot of other, wow. a lot of the 
alumni is not talking about it. And that's what your main point earlier yeah. was, et cetera. But I thought specifically him not doing it was really like mm. odd to me. And I bet you he would just be like, I'm fatigued. Right. I didn't, I haven't, I don't. I'm Sorry, I, I brought up the rule. <laughs> no, I don't pay attention to him on Twitter enough to notice that he wasn't. But yeah. like, I think Peter was like, oh, I would have a crush on Michelle. Like, you think, <gasps> I feel like, do you want to get credit because you find a black woman attractive? Or Clay's weird tweet about like unpopular opinion. She's the prettiest bachelorette. Like, you could have kept that. Like, it's not unpopular to call black women attractive. Like, I don't, like, what was the reason, Clay? But you're, I mean, I was just talking more about fan accounts like if something happens with hannah or katie mm-hmm. like i'll get on instagram it's, it's everywhere yeah it's like you can't get away yeah. from it like michelle <laughs> hung out with brie we didn't see it rachel does like stuff we don't see it matt was in the wall street journal mm. see, people weren't posting that. about it oh, that was a yeah. ago, but it's just like why do i have to get 20 stories that maddie pruitt went to raymond's baby shower but <laughs> But I find it interesting that a lot of the alumni isn't either like, yeah. and I, and I, and they I are. was also like hard pressed to find even women from her season talking about it, you know, I other think- than maybe like an occasional, like good for you, proud of you. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why? Are, I'm not seeing a lot of engagement on Instagram. At least I'm not very active on Twitter. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing posts from women who are her friends. I think Kristen and Brie. Yeah. Um, and Serena Pitt yeah but other than that but they all I just want that that season of women their dynamic fascinates me more than anyone else's so like I want their NDAs to be up because I know (laughs) that they just have there's just so much that they need to tell me (laughs) that's gonna be a good one you're right I just I just want to know but the I you're absolutely right I was talking more about the fans but I also think the alumni are being silent and it's very obvious mm-hmm. and now I'm upset about it <laughs> well I'm glad we're, we're ending on a angry note I'm so sorry I'm upset about it we're gonna text about it forever now yes. oh my god well oh my god thank you so 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 much for coming on and having this this was very good fun and yes um I think we also uh tore some people some new assholes which I love yeah. doing <laughs> I had a great time and maybe one day when you're on Instagram live, I'll actually have on clothes and I can hop on. Because exactly. I'm always looking a mess when people are like, hop on. I'm like, no, this would be very bad. But maybe I'll break my Instagram live cherry sometime soon. Please do. We would love to. Oh, that would be just a good one to do. We should do that maybe after the maybe after the finale or something. Um, yes. Where can people find you? Um, on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Ash Talks Batch. And I have a semi-monthly at this point. <laughs> newsletter whenever I'm feeling inspired but I'm all in on Michelle so expect more content from me yes love that yeah make sure you're following Ash Talks Batch um I've posted their posts so just make sure you're following her and there's a link in bio you can subscribe to the newsletter and then also Mm -hmm. sometimes you also just post really good infographics on your Instagram page so keep up for that good Twitter thank you yeah thank you so much again thank you yeah and uh thank you all for listening uh again this week we we love you so much it is um been a good season sorry danica is sick right now but she will hopefully be back next week if she doesn't have covid fingers crossed Fingers crossed. <laughs> anyway love y'all bye, bye. 
Thank you for listening to Descartes Pod. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Descartes Pod and follow your hosts at Jenna with a Smile and at Drunk Feminist. Descartes Pod is produced by Andrew Olson. You can follow him on Instagram at Androne. Our music is by Jet Overly. Follow and support him on Instagram at Jetty Boy James. And our logo design is by Michaela Jane. You can find her work at MichaelaJane.com and on Instagram at Michaela Jane. Drop a review on iTunes if you're nasty like that. Bye! Bye. Oh, hello. It's me, the ghost who haunts your phone. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below.